Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are inshallah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahi wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Continuing with our series here in the month of Ramadan, Paths to Peace, where we are looking at the mention and exploring the concept of peace and tranquility in the Quran and reflecting on it and deriving from it on how we ourselves can attain greater tranquility and serenity uh, through the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this blessed month of Ramadan. Today we're going to look at Surah Tawbah, Surah number 9. Ayah number 40. Before I go into the actual ayah, however, it's important to just set the stage for exactly what the ayah is addressing and when this ayah was revealed. This ayah was revealed during the ninth year of Hijrah. Nine years after the Prophet ﷺ, or in the ninth year of his residence in Medina, after the Hijrah. And in the ninth year, there is a major event that takes place in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. It is known as the expedition Ghazwa Tabuk, the expedition to Tabuk. Tabuk is a location far to the north of Medina. And this is the furthest distance the Prophet ﷺ traveled during the prophetic period. And there was intelligence, there were reports that there was an army of at least a hundred thousand, which was unlike anything that Arabia had seen, that was coming from the Roman Empire to basically attack the Muslims. This growing force based in Medina. The Prophet ﷺ, based on the divine inspiration and guidance from Allah, he was instructed that this cannot go unanswered. This has to be responded to with force. And so the Prophet ﷺ basically started commanding the companions and started recruiting the companions to start forming an army, gathering resources and supplies. And the Quran came down mandating, Infiru khifafan wa thiqala, 
Everyone has to go. Every adult, able-bodied, capable male, was, it was mandatory for them to go. And at the same time, everyone was encouraged to give, to donate, to contribute as much as they could. So, but at the same time, it was in the midst of a lot of difficulty. It was the summertime. It was very hot. It was nearing the time of their harvest, of the dates, which was their primary form of sustenance and their primary form of business. They at the same time were going to potentially meet an army that was going to outnumber them at the very least three to one and maybe even ten to one. And so the hypocrites, these were people who pretended to be Muslim because they wanted to enjoy the benefits of living in Medina and the other communal benefits of being a Muslim. But they did not believe in Islam at all. And in fact, many of them harbored a lot of rancor and evil sentiment towards the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims. So these munafiqun, the hypocrites, they started their own covert kind of underground campaign where they were trying to create doubt within the minds and the hearts of the believers, those who were willing to go, those who were willing to sacrifice, they were trying to plant the seed of doubt. لا تنفروا في الحر Don't go out into the heat. Don't kill yourself. Don't do this, don't do that. And they were planting all this doubt. And in response, and it's not that the believers were shaken or they lost any of their conviction, but at the same time when someone is constantly campaigning you, and they're constantly talking to you and trying to get inside your head, naturally it's a little confusing. And because of a little bit of that uneasiness or hesitation or reluctance that was just starting to manifest in the community, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayah number 40 in surah number 9. And Allah said, إِلَّا تَنْصُرُوهُ Don't help him. Talking about the Prophet you don't want to go with him? You don't want to help him? You don't want to ride with him? You're not willing to sacrifice alongside him? Then don't. فَقَدْ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهُ But remember, Allah helped the Prophet ﷺ in the past, and Allah is fully capable of helping him again, and Allah will indeed help him. And then Allah Himself gives an example of a moment from the past, from the history, in which Allah provided that divine help and assistance to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Id, remember, Id kafaru. Remember when those who disbelieved, they pushed the Prophet ﷺ out of his home, and out of his city, and out of his community? This is talking about before the hijrah, before the migration. When the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca, preaching and teaching the message of Islam. And finally, the forces that be, the powers that be in Quraysh, in Mecca at that time, they decided that it was time to take drastic action against the Prophet ﷺ. More drastic than they had already taken. They had exiled many Muslims. They had assaulted the Prophet ﷺ on numerous occasions. They had tortured and even killed a number of Muslims. They had boycotted them and tried to starve them to death. They had done all of this. 
And they said it's time to do something more drastic. And that is to outright assassinate him. And Allah sent Jibreel to the Prophet and he said you have to leave Mecca now. So remember when they pushed him out. But then Allah, tells, Allah says that Allah did help the Prophet in that moment. But at the same time Allah did not leave the Prophet on his own. The Prophet ﷺ didn't have to do that by himself. That there was the second of the two when they were both in the cave. So what happened was Allah provided a miracle. The Prophet ﷺ slips out of his home undetected by the huge force that has gathered around his home. It was a miracle of the Qur'an and of the Prophet And the Prophet slips out. He goes to the home of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq And Abu Bakr has already made all the preparations. And then they slip out of Mecca in the middle of the night, in the still of the night. And they've already identified a location. They go to Jabal Thawr, this very huge a difficult mountain to climb right outside of Mecca. And over there, there's a small little crawl space, a small tiny cave. And they hide in there. And they spend three days and three nights hidden inside of that cave. And Allah says that the Prophet ﷺ was not by himself. He had a companion with him. And that was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. إِذْ يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ and the narration that Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah ta'ala and others mention is that when they arrived at the cave, فَلَمَّا وَصَلَا إِلَى الْغَارِ دَخَلَ أَبُو بَكْرٍ الْغَارَ أَوَّلًا Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu went inside the cave first. يَلْتَمِسُ مَا فِي الْغَارِ He scoped out that cave. فَقَالَ لَهُ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ مَا لَكَ And he told the Prophet wait, 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 wait. And the Prophet ﷺ said, well, what's going on with you? What's wrong? He said, Bi Abi anta wa ummi ya Rasulullah. He said, oh Messenger of Allah, I would sacrifice anything for you. Al-ghiranu ma'wasiba'i wal-hawam. Caves, a lot of times, there are harmful creatures and insects and things like that inside of these caves. Fa'in kana fihi shay'un kana bi labik. So if there's something harmful in here, I'd rather that it attacked me or bit me but did not get to you. And then there was even a, a, a bit of an opening in the cave and he plugged it and some of the narrations mentioned he like sat in front of it and blocked it with his body. So that nothing could come out of there and harm the Prophet So once they're in the cave, at some point during the next three days, the forces that were searching for the Prophet ﷺ, and they had a bounty out on both of them, a hundred camels each, dead or alive, which was a huge fortune at that time. And so they're searching and eventually they arrive in the area of that cave. And Abu Bakr anhu, he can hear them, and he kind of peeks down and he can kind of see them in the distance, they're standing on a bit of a different elevation so he can see their feet. And Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu is kind of shaking 
because it's a scary moment. What if they find us here? And some of the narrations mention that he starts to cry. He has tears streaming down his face. And the Prophet and, and the Prophet says, Why are you crying? Why are you scared? He said, Ya Rasulullah, if one of them just kind of like bends down and looks down, they'll see us. And then they'll get to you. They'll get to you. And that's what I'm afraid of. And the Prophet said to Abu Bakr at that moment, he said, La tahzan, inna allaha ma'ana. Don't worry, because Allah is with us. And he said to Abu Bakr anhu, Ma that what do you think can happen to two travelers when Allah is the third companion on their journey? What can harm them? And Abu Bakr anhu, he's so overwhelmed, he says, In Allah Lama'ana, Allah is with us. And the Prophet said, Naam. And then the Prophet ﷺ wiped the tears from Abu Bakr's face. That Allah is with us. Al-Hasan al-Basri, a great um, tabi'i student of the Sahaba, who actually learned from, learned the Qur'an from Aisha Anha. He used to narrate this incident, and when he would narrate it, he would start to cry. Every single time he narrated it, he would cry. And so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected them. Ultimately, they were not able to locate them. And after three days, they came down from the cave. And Abdullah bin Uraiqit, who was not Muslim yet, he would become Muslim later, he was a guide, a master tracker and a guide. They had hired him. And then he was waiting there down at the base of the mountain for them with uh, the camels that they were going to take on the journey. And the son of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, was visiting them throughout these three days and three nights and keeping them supplied and informed about what was going on. And when they came down to the base of the cave, the daughter of Abu Bakr, Asma bint Abi Bakr, was waiting there at the, ba at the base of the mountain as well with food supplies for them. And very famously, they needed something to be able to tie it to the camel, to the saddle. So she took her belt that she was wearing and she ripped it in two and then used it to tie the food sack to the saddle that they were riding on. And the Prophet ﷺ gave her the title of Dhatun Nitaqin, that the one who tore her belt into two for the sake of the Messenger of Allah. ﷺ. And then they continued on their journey and they reached Medina, and we know the rest of the story. But going back to the ayah, that moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it that he says, Remember, when the Prophet ﷺ said to his companion, La tahzan in Allah ma'ana. Don't worry, because Allah is with us. But this is the part that I wanted to get to. And Allah sent down His tranquility upon Him. Not them, Him. And the scholars, the, the, the Mufassirun, they mention, the Him mentioned in the verse is Abu Bakr. Because the Prophet ﷺ always was in a tranquil state. But Allah sent His divine mercy, His tranquility, peace, serenity directly upon ala qalbi Abu Bakr. Directly onto the heart of Abu Bakr. 
Such a blessing, such a gift, such a privilege, such an honor. وَأَيَّدَهُ And then Allah aided the Prophet ﷺ بِجُنُودٍ لَمْ تَرَوْهَا Within the unseen army, the angels, and then there are other narrations as well. There's some discussion about the authenticity, but there's other narrations as well about Allah sent certain creatures like the spider putting its web and the bird putting its nest to deter them from searching the cave. وَجَعَلَ كَلِمَةَ الَّذِينَ كَفْرُوا السُّفْلَى And Allah degraded, degraded the, um, the, the convictions of those who opposed the Prophet ﷺ. And the mission and the cause of Allah will always be superior and elevated. Wallahu azizun hakim. And Allah is almighty and all wise. But the point that I wanted to make here from this ayah today is Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. You know, um, one of uh, Sufyan ibn Uyayna, he says something really beautiful and powerful. He says, Ma sahiba ahadun al mithla Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr is the greatest companion of any prophet ever. There has never been a greater companion than Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Allah is saying in the Quran, Allah sent his divine peace and tranquility and serenity directly down onto the heart of Abu Bakr. And that's why some of the narrations mention that that was the reason from that point on forward, nothing could ever rattle Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He was never rattled by anything. The day the Prophet ﷺ passed away, of course he was sad. But when Uthman couldn't talk, and Ali couldn't stop crying, and Umar was yelling and screaming, Abu Bakr was calm and serene. And he ascended the mimbar, and he pulled the community together. They fed off of his calmness, his tranquility on that day. Mere weeks after the passing of the Prophet ﷺ, when a bunch of the tribes around Medina, the Bedouin tribes, started to apostatize, leave Islam, and started to talk about waging war against Medina. Everyone was nervous and rattled. And Abu Bakr was very calm. When Umar came to him very rattled, Abu Bakr hit him on his chest, like kind of slapped him on the chest. And he said, pull yourself together. We are upon the truth. A young Qusuddin wa hai. Can the religion be lost while I'm alive? We have a job to do. Do your job. Abu Bakr never got rattled again for the rest of his life. Because Allah sent down that divine tranquility upon his heart. Now let's get to the crux of the issue and that is, how do we attain that kind of serenity and tranquility? And the thing that Abu Bakr demonstrated here, and not just him but his entire family, was undying loyalty to the Prophet That kind of love and loyalty for the Prophet is what earned them the peace and the tranquility and serenity from Allah. Because he is the beloved of Allah. And, Allah, and whoever shows love to the beloved of Allah, then Allah loves them as well. In kuntum tuhibun Allah, fattabi'uni yuhbibukum Allah. If you claim to love Allah, then show your loyalty to the Prophet Follow him. Adore him. Admire him. Know him. Learn about him. Try to live your life like him. And Allah will love you. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all love and loyalty for the Prophet May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descend upon us his peace and tranquility and serenity. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nasaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi. Assalamu alaikum.